I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I can have what it says I can have. Today I will be taught the word of faith. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. And my ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. Today my life will change for the better. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for today. We glorify you for your word. Father, your word declares, God, that if we can just get a grab of hold of your principles and your protocol, and Lord, we will enjoy your promises. And so, Father, we sit here today as ready students, eager and ready to learn from you, the master life giver, the most intelligent being in the world. So, Father, I submit all my members, God, for you to use. And Lord, I thank you that the meditation of my heart and the words of my mouth will be pleasing in your sight. And I declare and decree, Father God, that your word and your voice will use me, Father, to edify, to build up, to plant, Father God, to just... Cause these people to live a better life in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. All right. So last week, Pastor was talking and continuing the series of the life of the harvester or the life of the giver. And he spoke about activating favor, which is part of our harvest. And he said that we do it through five ways. He said we do it through acknowledging. We do it through asking. We do it through association, anticipating and acting. Well, today I'm going to focus on the anticipation and activating favor part. So today's message is called favor for the faithful. Favor for the faithful. Any faithful people out there? Favor for the faithful. There is a covenant right of favor that belongs to the faithful. And if you don't know that in your Noah, then you won't look for it. You will anticipate it and you will not experience it. And you will see everybody else going by going, how do they live like that? How do they do that? The same favor is available to you. Turn with me to Psalm 102. Psalm 102 verse 13. And so that is favor. What is favor? What, what does it look like? Favor, it is a benefit that you receive. Because someone has chosen to use their power, their ability, and their influence to help you. Favor is a benefit that you receive because someone has chosen to use their power, their ability, and their influence to help you. It is a no-strings-attached event. It's a no-strings-token that is not tied to an expected behavior or return on your end. This is what favor sounds like. While you turn into Psalm 102.13. Favor kind of sounds like this. Hey, would you do me a favor? I, I, I do that all the time. Babe, could you do me a favor? Right? Or it sounds like, you know, I was thinking about you when I saw it and I had to just get it for you. Sir, please come to the front of the line. Don't worry about it. I won't charge you the full price or any price at all. You know, I went and got me some chicken strips from Zaxby's and I forgot Heaven's Ranch. And I said, oh my gosh, I need three ranch. I said, I'll pay for it. Oh, don't worry about it. We won't charge you for it. That's favor. That's 75 cents less on my bill. 75 cents add up, you know. Or you hear it like this. Sir, normally our company wouldn't do this, but this one time, I'll just clear those late fees. That ever happened to you? Ever hear that? 
you're, you're getting your movies, you know, your late fee movies and go, you know, you're here all the time. We'll just, we'll just count this one off. I get that at Smoothie Factory all the time because I'm in there so often. I, I don't even know where all 10 of my, ca- my cards are that you get the free stuff. So I'll go in there and go, aren't you due a free one? I said, I know I am. Today is the day. <laughs> so Psalm 102.13. Let's read it together. Thou shalt arise and have mercy upon Zion for the time to favor her. Yes, the set time is come. Let's say it one more time. Thou shalt arise and have mercy upon Zion for the time to favor her. Yea, the set time is come. It's your set time for favor. That time is now, right now. Your set time is come. It's not coming. The Bible didn't say it was on its way. It says it's here. So let me tell you, we live a life of favor. Me and the pastor. Every day we see favor operating in our life. One way or another, we look for it. Somebody somewhere is always using their power, their ability, and their influence to help us. This week, I needed some influence. I needed some power. I needed some ability, some favor for my sister-in-law. And you know what? We found someone, and uh, they gave us favor. And they blessed her, and now she won't have to pay for her pregnancy. Which will help us. (laughs) Because we are trying to relocate them. All right. So you see, we needed the favor. We needed the favor. So it says it's our time for favor today. This period while I am alive, I am to experience favor. Now there's favor for the faithful. Let me say, let me hear you say there's favor for the faithful and I am the faithful. Now pastor says favor comes from God and man, but how do we get it? There are five quick things I'm going to run through with you. So you better put your seatbelts on because normally I don't take a long time. I just get to it and get, get on with it. So I need you to hold on. Change is coming. All right. Favor for the faithful. Five things to understand about favor. In Matthew 13, 23, it says that when there was a sower who went out and he planted all this stuff. And then Jesus explained the parable and he said, the sower was a person who was sowing the word. And that when we understand it, we get the benefit of it 30, 60 to a hundred fold. If we understand that there's favor for the faithful to the degree in which we understand it is to the degree in which we can experience it. You understand? So I want to make sure that we have a clear understanding of favor for the faithful. First thing that we need to understand favor is activated because of our position and not because of our perfection. Favor is activated because of our position and not because of our position or perfection. What am I saying? I'm saying it's your position as a righteous in Christ Jesus that qualifies you for favor and not your perfection as a Christian. Not you always doing the right thing, thinking the right thing, because we don't. And a lot of times we disqualify ourselves from believing God for favor and believing God for good things because we think we don't deserve it. We think we're just messed up. We're just not in line, God. We're not good enough. We didn't think that right thought. I wanted to kill my boss, choke my husband, and poison my kids. God, you surely couldn't have a favor. Right? But it's not because we're perfect. It's not because we're flawless. It's because of our relationship to God. So we get this favor and we can experience this favor just through our relationship as a righteous. 
The Bible says that there's an abound level. Like I said, based on our understanding, we can do 30, 60, or 100 fold. Well, we want to be in the abound flow. And the Bible says in Proverbs 28, 20, that the faithful man abounds much. So the faithful abounds much. There's no lack. There's favor on every side. Let's talk about the prodigal son. The prodigal son, we all know the story. He asked his dad for the inheritance and he said, hey, give me my money. I'm tired of living under your rules and all this stuff. I can do my own thing. You know, he was kind of like Kanye West, you know, can't tell me nothing. You know, I mean, that's how he was. And so he decided he was going to go and do his own thing and went out there and squandered his money. Because how many of you know that zeal without wisdom does not help you? If you have a whole lot of money and you can't manage it, it's like you didn't have no money at all. Amen. I've seen people blow goo-goo of money and I'm going, my God, where is your wisdom? You just at least hold some of it, you know. He spent all his money and was finally in the pig's pen. Right? Then he kind of got a clue. I love this part of the story though where he says, and he said to himself, you know, I have a father. I have a family. What am, what, what am I doing? Now, b- bear in mind, he blew the inheritance. Now, if he was thinking like we were thinking, see, I already blew all the money God gave me the first time. Oh, I already lost that job. He would have never gone back. He did not think his favor was based upon his performance. He knew he could go back. He knew he still had a dad. He knew he still had a family. He knew he still had a position somewhere, somehow. And he went back and the father extended favor to him and said, what? You want to be a servant? Are you crazy? You're a son. Once a son, you're always a son. The Bible says that we are made righteous in Christ Jesus. Once you're righteous, you're always righteous. You can't unrighteous yourself. You didn't save yourself. You didn't pay for yourself. You don't qualify to disqualify yourself. So I don't want you fighting this favor stuff anymore. Well, God, you know, if I only did this, then you would bless me like so-and-so. The devil is a liar. God is going to bless you because you are the righteous. Because you belong to him. And it doesn't look good on any dad if they don't take care of their kids. God is a good God. He pays his child support. You just got to go to the office and get it. And he likes to add interest. He don't, he don't back pay. He don't retro. He, God is a good God. So I just want to let you know. That the faithful man, the man full of faith will abound much. It didn't say that he'd have to pay for the, the amount he's bounding to anyway. You know, I've got this big TV in my house, and I didn't pay for it. My husband was going to the pawn shop because he's a very frequent pawn shopper. It's something with the Connors. It's either the thrift shop or the pawn shop, you know. But, you know, Mother Connor, Eben's mom, she used to love going to the thrift shop. It's not because she have to. She, that's just her thing. That was just her thing, you know. She just liked to go there and, and check it out. Well, Eben is not the thrift shopper. That's her son, Mark. He loves the thrift shop. But, you know, Pastor Eben, he's the pawn shop king. Man, I've gotten more jewelry from the pawn shop. He's rebuked curses off that stuff. <laughs> and giving it to me than anything else. And so he had gone to the pawn shop like two, three times for the same TV. And by the time he thought about it, it was gone. And man, somebody drove up in our, our driveway one day, backed up a truck and said, Pastor, I had, this, I had this extra TV in my garage. How do you have an extra 52-inch TV in your garage? Well... He asked us for that, you know, and he just gave it to us. Saved us $5,000 at the time. So the faithful man abounds in much. Didn't mean I have to pay for the, the abounding. 
You can live a first-class lifestyle on favor and not pay a first-class price. Because there is favor for the faithful. The next thing is this. You got to understand the protocol. As a matter of fact, hold on here. Let me see. Because, you know, pastor was the one with my notes. And he did not print out my second note. What? That's all right. I know what I'm doing. The next thing is, you got to understand the pattern of the faithful. Now, understand the pattern of the faithful. And what's the pattern of the faithful? What did people do before? What were other people who were faithful to God? What did they do? And here it is. The thing is this. Um, the practices or the patterns of the faithful. You must follow a proven course of successful actions to yield equal or greater results. When you follow a proven course of successful actions, you can yield equal or better. Because sometimes you can learn from the mistake of the person that you you were following. All right? So what are the practices of the faithful? They believed and they obeyed God. Simple. That's all they did. Abraham. The Bible says he believed God. Romans 4 verse 3. Nehemiah 9 and 9. The Bible says that Abraham believed God and he was favored. You think that God, did you, do you agree that Abraham was blessed? But Abraham was a liar. He lied about his relationship. Now, how many of you going to stay in a relationship and the husband lying that you belong to him? You dating somebody and they can't even own you in the mall. You get upset. You get real hot over that stuff. All right. But Abraham was a liar. But God still favored him. Relationship. Not perfection. Relationship. Paul was counted faithful. 1 Timothy 1.12. The Bible says that Paul, I, because I was counted faithful, he called me into the ministry. But Paul was a murderer. He murdered Christians. But Paul was favored. Rahab. Hebrews 11.31. Well, we know what she did, right? Yeah, we don't have to go into that. Night crawlers. Red light. <laughs> Rahab, he, she's in the hall of faith. Now check that out. And God preserved her and everything. And she was hooking it up. <laughs> you, know, you know, you have people like Gideon, you know. He was scared as, I don't know what. I mean, he was just a, you couldn't be married to Gideon and a thief is coming to your house. Because the Bible said Gideon ran behind Deborah. <laughs> Gideon was so scared. And then Samson, he was, she, you know, he was just like a womanizer. But the Bible said at the end, he killed all his enemies. Where is his favor? How is it that God could count these people faithful? They're listed in Hebrews, the chapter of faith. People who God said they, he, they were faithful to him. God's idea of faithful and our idea can be two different things. See, you can be blameless before God even if you're not perfect before men. Because when you repent, when you repent before God, look, check this out. They obeyed God. One of the things is that when David repented, you don't hear about David murdering people to commit adultery anymore. You don't hear about Rahab hooking up anymore. You don't hear about Abraham lying after he lied. When you repent, you become blameless before God. 
When your heart is towards God and you want to please him, you're counted faithful to him. Okay, so they made some dumb choices like we all make dumb choices. Doesn't mean that their favor was disqualified because of their choice. Because it was a relationship. Let me give you an example. We went to the mission trip last week or the week before. It seems like it's all been one long week from last year. And so, um, you know, we went and, you know, my dad is real um, famous there. I have a member who went to Florida and she's trying to get my dad's last name because apparently it has perks in Florida, possibly. And so um, I have, a, you know, I have a relationship with my dad. I'm his daughter. By DNA, when you pull it out, I don't look nothing like him, but when you pull it out, you know, he's, he's mine. And I went to his assistant and asked her for some backstage passes for teens because they wanted to meet IROC. So that was their thing. They wanted to meet IROC. So I went and I went back there and I asked them for, you know, for it. Now, she gave them to me without questioning. She didn't give it to me because I was a good Christian because she don't know if I just was in jail for dealing crack. She don't know nothing about that. You don't know either. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I was not. Let's just clear the air. That's Pastor Evans' testimony. That's not mine. <laughs> oh, we only can have one previous drug dealer in this family at a time. <laughs> so what happened is that I went and because of my relationship with, with my dad, she gave me these tickets. Well, more than that, our entire team was now given backstage passes. They just had on a shirt. My dad was like, you know, just, just give everybody an orange shirt um, backstage access. Right? And so everybody now had a chance to meet some of the musicians and the artists that the crowd didn't get to meet. But it wasn't because all of them were thinking the right things either or doing the right things or always being perfect the whole time. It was based on their relationship to me. And my favor was based on my relationship to my dad. And so the whole thing is this. I'm trying to get you to stop shirking away from the blessings of God and asking God for stuff and believing God for stuff and using your faith for your marriage for whatever because you're like well this marriage I'm not going to really use my faith to believe God for this marriage because I know I'm also messed up I'm not going to really believe God to you know cause my husband to do this because you know God I have a part in it too I have a part you know, God, you know, I don't want to pray for favor with my supervisor because, you know, I really didn't really like her at first and I treated her bad. You see, you disqualify yourself. You just have to know, God, I'm righteous and that's enough. And they know we, they believe God and they obeyed God. These are the practices of the faithful. Isaac experienced favor in a time of famine because he believed God when he sowed. Right? He sowed. That's in Genesis. Psalm 37, 19 says, that in the time of famine, he will satisfy me. That's a promise for the righteous that we talked about when we were just giving. So part of the thing is first we understand that our, our relationship with God. The second thing we understand that for us to activate favor, we need to look at the practices of the faithful. The third thing is this. We need to understand the protocol of God. And you know, pastor was talking about, you know, God, protocol is God's way of his, him doing things. This is the protocol I want you to understand. If God did it for somebody else, he's going to do it for me. That's it. That's the third point. God, if you did it for so-and-so, they're not more righteous than me because the same blood that paid for them is the same blood that paid for me. The Bible says the sun shines on the just and the unjust. All right, turn to Psalm 5. Psalm 5, verse 12. This is your promise. This is what you're going to hold on to. 
If God did it for one, he must do it for another. Acts 10.34, you don't have to turn there while you're turning to Psalm 5.12. Acts 10.34 says, God is not a respecter of persons. You see, Peter, he realized in that, you can go read it, but he realized that God respects the faithful, regardless of their class, regardless of their cash. No, you may respect people because of their cash. You may respect people because of their class. You may respect people because of their color. And you may respect people because of their creed. But God only respects people because of one thing, the blood. And through that, everybody looks the same. So you have to understand the protocol of God. He's not going to just give it to somebody else because they live in a better neighborhood or they believe a different thing or they have a different color. Or like me, you know, you have like three different colors. <laughs> Psalm 5:12. Are you there? Oh, yes. This is a scripture now. This is what I, oh my God, today. For thou, Lord, who's going to do it? The Lord. Thou, Lord, wilt. That means he wills. He makes a willful choice. Will do what? Do what? Bless. Who is he going to bless? The perfect? The who? And what is he going to bless him with? Oh, my God, today. The Lord will bless the righteous with favor. You will compass him like a shield. That favor is going to be all around you. So when you see God do something for pastor, you go, oh, you know what? That's my blessing too because you will compass the righteous with favor. I'm righteous, past God. Just like the pastor righteous, I'm righteous. The same blood is the same blood over here. You have to hang on to that promise. What God will do for one, he must in principle do for another. Here's the last thing. You ready? Cause we ready to close now. Oh, we ready to close. Cause you know, we all hungry. <laughs> Turn to Second Samuel twenty-one. Second Samuel twenty-one. This is what. This is. A, let me try to review myself here. <laughs> First thing you have to understand is that favor is activated because of our position and not our perfection. Right? The second thing we understand, the practices or the patterns of the faithful. The third thing we must understand is the protocol of God. The fourth thing and final thing we must understand is there is a pressure the righteous can put on God. There is a pressure that we can put on God. There is a demand, an expectation we can put on God. When there's a righteous relationship or a righteous cause, you can put pressure through the actions of faith and God to get others involved in blessing you. This is basically the, I am not going to let go until you bless me attitude. Let me tell you what happened. You know, we are, um, we're relocating my brother here. And he has to go through all this immigration stuff, right? All this immigration stuff. And he went to the embassy last week. And while we were um, in the car, he texts us and says, oh, they don't have our names on a list anywhere. Now, he drove two hours to get there, like from the country, had to drive from the country up to the city to get his, his visa, all this kind of stuff that they have to do, submit these forms. And you have to make an appointment at the U.S. embassy just to submit the form. Or just to pick up the form. Or just to pay for the form. 
You have to make an appointment for everything. And he went there and the guard said, you know, we don't have your name anywhere and all this kind of stuff. Now he had a choice. He could say, oh, well, you know, when is the next appointment? Who do I call? And just go there. Or he could say, oh, no, I've come too far. There is favor for the righteous. Because, see, I gave him this scripture. I said, you stand right there. Favor compasses me like a shield. I have come too far to turn around now. I am getting in this building some way, somehow. God is going to raise up somebody to use their power, their ability, and their influence to help me. I am not going to be denied. I am not going back to the country until I see somebody. Do you know that somebody got him on that list? And he got in and took care of what he needed to take care of. You can't just think that, oh, it's just for some people. It's for you. It's for you. All right. So here it is. We can't let go till you bless me. When you know your position and you know you're following a pattern of faith and obedience, you get this boldness and you know God's protocol. You get this boldness to go before God and you get to ask him for what he has promised you. For what you know is right. All right. So are we in 2 Samuel? Very nice because I'm not there. So if you just hold on. First of all, I think I'm in the wrong side of the book. All right, 2 Samuel 21. Now, I'm going to give you a, as a matter of fact, I can just tell you what was happening. Because it's too much to read because uh, change is coming. All right, so 2 Samuel 21. Here's what happens. Dun, 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 dun. There is a war. And the, the Gibeonites had broken covenant with the Israelites. What had happened is that Saul had made a covenant with the Gibeonites a long time ago. And... Um, Israel was supposed to take care of them. They were not supposed to be their enemies. Israel went and killed up some Gibeonites and all this kind of stuff. And David was now the king. And uh, the Gibeonites wanted all of Saul's kids and stuff dead. As recompense for the breaking of the covenant. Even though David was not the breaker of the covenant, he had to pay for the covenant. All right? So what happened is that this lady named Rispa. I really like her. She was a concubine. You know, those are my kind of people. You know, I'd be like, man, that's what I'm talking about. I like when God used people that people go, ooh, they can't come up in my house. That, that's kind of people I like in the Bible, you know. They go, oh, no, she can't sit on the front row. That skirt too short. I like those people. Yeah. So here's one of them, Rispa. You know, because, you know, Rahab, Rispa. They all start with R. Hmm. Anyway, Rispa is a concubine of Saul. She has two kids. Right? She has Mephibosheth and someone else. The Mephibosheth that David saved was Jonathan's Mephibosheth. There were two of them. So here it is. And Milcah, which was the original daughter of Saul, she had five sons. Well, the Gibeonites came and killed all seven sons and hung them up out to dry out in the, just in the wilderness. All their bodies. And so Rispa, the concubine, where she came and she would swat away all the birds and the wild beasts. And she stayed out there for seven days. She wouldn't eat. She wouldn't stop. And you say, well, Lisa, what does that have to do with anything? She had a righteous cause. Because regardless of how they died, they were still the sons of the king. Regardless of if they were the sons of a whore and a king, they were still the sons of a king. And they deserved a set burial. They deserved a set type of favor, even in their death. And the Bible says that when it came to David that she was doing this, he went 
removed all of them and gave them a proper burial. There was favor that came because she had a righteous cause. There was favor that came because she didn't use her, her excuse as, well, I'm just a concubine. I'm just a, like the 1500 concubine for Saul. She didn't use that as an excuse. She was like, these are my kids. They're king's kids. And they're going to get a burial like everybody else is going to get a burial. She wasn't a perfect. She would not have been on Betty Crocker's box. She would not have been the weedest champion. But you know what? She knew that she deserved favor. And so no matter what you did or didn't do, you deserve favor because you're righteous. So the righteous have rights. You have a covenant right to access the favor of God. Genesis 32. Jacob had wrongs Esau. You know who he did. A little deceiver. Put on all this goat here and all this kind of stuff trying to act. You know, same thing we do today. Rent a car we can't afford. Roll up somewhere we shouldn't be. Borrow friends clothes to look cute. I mean, same thing he was doing. You know, Jacob, he wanted some, you know, he wanted some flashes and stuff. And he went and lied to his dad and stole the man's birthright and all this stuff. Knew he was wrong as wrong. As the pastor would say, wrong as all get out. I have no idea what that means. But wrong as all get out. So anyway, he was wrong. And, you know, time came now and he had to like kind of move somewhere and, he was going, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to pass through Esau's country. Ooh, what do you have to do when you need a favor from somebody you've done wrong? Ha <laughs> ha! Ooh, look at Jacob. Jacob gets all his people and he's thinking, oh my God, I've done such a bad job. Man, I stole the man's birth. First of all, he stole the man's birthright. And then he also, you know, um, you know stole his little flocks and all this. Kind of- I mean, Jacob was just bad. He was, he was one of them bad kids. Them bad kids. Yeah, he was bad kids. You know, and so he went and he stole up the man's thing. And so he's just thinking, he is not going to forget me. You know, because the birthright was like inheritance. You know, when somebody owe you money, they can't come around you. Yeah, that's, that's it. He stole the man's money. Said, I was going to borrow it. I'm going to come in here under this pretense. Hey, I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to do that. And then bam, the money's gone. And you, you can't find this man for nothing. Then one day, out of the blue. You see them, and they act like they don't see you. You know? You know how that goes, right? And then you just bust them out. Hello, and they're like, oh, oh hi. How you doing? Oh, got to run. Right? They don't want to say they, they, they stole your money. They just stole your money. So this is what Esau did. And he thought Esau was going to kill him. So Jacob went the night before, and he went and prayed. And he was like, God, you know, and God knew what he was dealing with. And then the angel came and the Bible says that he said, you know, what's your name? And he changed from Esau and from Jacob to Israel. And then he said to him, you know, no, no, no. I'm not going to let you go till you bless me because I'm in trouble, man. (laughs) I'm in trouble and I need some favor. And the Bible says the next day Esau came, all these people, and he didn't kill Jacob. He got favor. But even when Jacob was trying to get the favor from Esau, oh, if you read the story, Jacob is like, okay, I tell you what, I'm going to split up the camp just in case they kill half. I'm going to keep my wives and stuff here so we can start again. Even in that, how is it he's still getting favor, but he's still doing foolishness? Because it's a relationship thing. Just because you make a bad choice or you deal with a character flaw doesn't mean that you're disqualified from favor. Amen? Amen. All right. So what you need to do is get adamant about the favor that belongs to you. You have to know 
Now, I'm not saying that you can go out there and just go sin yourself happy. That is not what I am saying. Because you will, the wages of sin is, there's a consequence for it. So you can enjoy the 30 level favor, the 90 level favor, the 1000 level favor, based on how you want to respond. There's favor that you get just because of your relationship. But there are rewards you get because of your behavior. So heaven gets favor because she's my daughter. She has somewhere to sleep. She can bathe, though she chooses not to. Well, she don't like to bathe, right? Uh, she has food. Somebody told me yesterday I have more food than a storm shelter. So she's not going to go hungry. But that's favor because I, I don't have to do that for her. I can stick her outside. So she gets favor because of relationship. She belongs to me and I take care of her. But there are rewards she gets for being obedient. There's rewards she gets for following the protocol of the house. There's rewards she gets for when her, her dad or I say do something and she does it. The reward is you don't get a whooping. <laughs> so it's the same thing with us. We have a certain level of favor that we're just going to get. But you want to be in a faithful, abound level. That God, you know you can count on me to do as much as I know I, I'm supposed to do. And so that's why I want some of you who know that you know that you know you've been walking as much right as you can before the Lord. You know you've been giving. You know you've been tithing. You know you've been serving. You know that you've been loving and you've been kind. And as much as you can, you treat people well. You go before God and you say, hey, I'm doing what you told me to do. As much as I know to do it, see me. Hear me. Feel me. Father, I thank you that I am the righteous. And favor encompasses me like a shield. I see it everywhere I go. People just fall over trying to do good to me. Lord, I anticipate favor in the grocery line. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. You got to be that adamant every day. Look for it. In every way, in small ways, big ways. Look for favor. Look for God blessing you. Look for him sending people to give you a discount. Look for him to people to bless you and promote you. And put your name out there. And give your business favor. That's what you got to do. You can't just be backing up off of this thing. You can have favor in a time of famine. You can have favor in your family. You can have favor in your finances. You can have favor in your faith. You can have favor as much as you want it. Don't back up anymore from today. Today's the day that you stand up with your feet flat footed and you say, I bring it on because I'm the righteous. And favor compasses me like a shield. Amen. God bless you. Amen. 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 So when you're going to go buy that car, you, you don't take that first price because that's not the favored price. You'll be like, oh, you got the wrong kid. There's some favor supposed to come. Uh, let me find a yes person has favor for me. Do you have my favor? You have, no, you don't have my, my favor. <laughs> Amen. All right. Let's stand. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. As we were talking about in the message today, that favor begins with a relationship. Favor belongs to the righteous. And we can only become righteous through a right relationship with Christ. So, if you're not a born-again believer in the promises of God, you can't access those promises because you won't have faith nor the relationship to claim those promises. It's just like Come into my house 
and your last name is not Connor, and you think you can just go through my stuff, take all my food, I would call the police on you because you're...